This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having a trusted advisor, old friend, and legend in the Halo sector coming in from North Carolina who needs no introduction, but we'll give him one. Sal Pellegrino, welcome to the show. Uh, hey, Peter, thank you so much. I am so excited uh, to be here, and I appreciate everything uh, that you're doing for our industry at Integrity Square as well as the Halo Academy. So uh, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Great. So the three people that don't know your background or have never heard of Sal Pellegrino, why don't we do the uh, necessary preamble on your bio, uh, and then we'll uh, kick off with the uh, a hit list of questions I have here for you. Cool. Perfect. Hey, I've been in this industry uh, since 1979 as a club owner. And then in 1984, 85, I started selling commercial fitness equipment. And I think that experience that I had as a club owner really helped me uh, succeed 35, some, 35 plus years uh, as an advisor in the commercial fitness space. Um, I think the best thing that, that, that I've learned over the years is you have to put yourself in the position of the customer. And that has served me well. I treat my customers like uh, I, I, I'm a partner of theirs and I care about their interests. So I think that's really, really helped me over time. Club owner, good advisor. It, it comes up every day in every situation. Uh, and I think that's helped me uh, tremendously over the years, Peter. God, so over the years, pre-pandemic, uh, when I would go to a club chain and visit, for some advisory purpose, you know, they usually would say, oh, Sal Pellegrino was here last week. So I felt like kind of Hansel and Gretel following, <laughs> you know, you around. Obviously, you're a guy who uh, is as social as they come and also want to be there in person, uh, use every excuse to be on the road uh, in a good way. So, you know, talk about your uh, re-entry into uh, going and meeting people in person as a, a road warrior and, um, you know, what kind of receptivity uh, you received and uh, how excited you are to kind of get back to normal. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You know what? I, I always, uh, you know, believe that you got to be hands-on and you got to see what's happening in the field. You know, you can read about worldwide trends every year that the fitness trends come out, but you also need to, to have uh, boots on the ground and you need to see what the heck the customers are doing what their competitors are doing, and what's happening in the marketplace. And I think that's really, really critical. Um, over the last you know, 12 to 14 months, that's, that came to a grinding halt. And, and honestly, Pete, I just came back from my first six-day road trip uh, from uh, Northern Virginia, D.C., up to New York City, and it felt fantastic to be back with my clients. So what are some of the things that you believe benefited the uh, bricks and mortar as everyone had time to stop and think about their business, whether that's from a staffing standpoint, um, potentially some of the operational changes that are made, such as, you know, do I need to give somebody a key card anymore and actually physically hand it to someone at the front desk versus using mobile and technology? Uh, maybe the understanding of clubs to say, Hey, uh, I actually am the authority in my area. I should also be the authority on some component of digital or some component of connectivity with my members, whether it's fitness, nutrition, mental health. Uh, what, what are some of your key takeaways that you feel have benefited us as we've come out of the, uh, the pandemic here? Um, well, you know, I think that the, the first thing that happened 
when the uh, pandemic first started, I think everyone adapted to technology amazingly uh, quickly. Um, you know, that adaptation to virtual, to uh, communicating with uh, their members in a better way, uh, to, you know, all of a sudden becoming a Zoom specialist, right? I mean, that's what I did. I must have, I must have done six or seven webinars every week. And member owners were on those as well. And, and that kind of led me to, to my little weekly summaries that I did, Pete. So I think that adaptation of technology is the first thing. I think the second thing is, I think people have a, a much better understanding of the customer, all right? Because the, now they're not only competing with the club down the street, they're comp competing with home fitness. They're competing with people buying equipment back in their homes. They're competing with the Peloton, the echelons, the mirrors. So, you know, you really got to be smart in terms of how to how to really tackle uh, that that information with your customer. But I think the deep knowledge of the customer and that communication and being transparent, those are the things. Uh, and, and let me back up transparent, not only for the members, but also for the staff. I mean, those are mm -hmm. some things that I that I that I saw. And the, the other thing that I noticed when I went back on the road is. It, the people were working harder than they've ever worked before. The, the owners that have survived this, it almost brought me back to 1990s when our industry was really on that heavy growth curve through that 90s, when the owners and managers, they did everything. And that's what I saw my customers doing again. I mean, they're cleaning, they're doing this, they're moving stuff outdoors for outdoor fitness. I, I thought that was really, really interesting. And, uh, and then really looking at, what programs are profitable or not. I think we did things and even though they lost money. So I think that evaluating, you know, profit centers, make sure that there's a return on investment. I had a number of discussions about that, which, which I thought was pretty, pretty interesting. So just sticking on the equipment side and, and the group exercise programming, since you're on the front lines here and almost like the advanced team, if you will, uh, what are you seeing as some of the, trends that that are going to emerge over the next six to 12 months inside the clubs okay cool uh so inside um i'll give an example i, I have nine projects that i'm working on right now where i'm doing floor plans for them doing you know 2d and then we go to 3d and we do walkthroughs for them uh every one of those except for one has an outdoor fitness component so i thought that you know, the, the states that shut down, i.e. California just comes to mind immediately where they were shut down indoors, so they had to morph and go outside. Uh, so that has become very interesting to me. Um, the um, uh, high-intensity training, you can't do big groups, so this focus on small group training and, and adapting uh, to that in the group exercise space, people doing, you know, six to eight people in the typical group X class, I would have 30 to 40 people. So I saw that um, virtual training and uh, that omni channel, uh, you know, offering uh, to supplement brick and mortar. Hey, that's the, everyone adjusted and they did it, whether they did it good or not, they did it in the short term. And now they're looking at it saying, I got to find a better platform because I know this is here to stay. And there's people that are making money on it now, too. So it's an additional revenue stream. You know, the other thing, Pete, that I saw is, you know, personal training really took a hit. Everyone that I met with, everyone seems to be that 20 to 40 percent of where they were pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then the other side of it is the instructors are not coming back. They're gone. So they've either done 
they've transitioned or pivoted and done their own things virtually and getting them back is tough. And I don't know if it's the stimulus issue where people are making more money, not working. Uh, but uh, I, ha- I had a number of discussions with owners about that. But I think those are the top things that I've uh, that I've noticed, um, you know, uh, it, it, now that we're starting to, to resurface or reopen. Yeah. Do you feel that, that that's great intel? Do you feel that clubs have gotten any more confidence in increasing the price of the services they provide? Or do you feel like we've kind of stepped back into zero down and this is what the monthly was before, regardless of the fact that my costs have increased, uh, I'm not comfortable taking that price increase risk. Uh, that's a great question, Pete, and good observation. And, you know, I, I got to be honest, most of the customers that I've talked with, they're raising their price. Anything from $3 a month to $5 a month. Good. I, mean, I had one customer that was at night. What was it? Um, they were at $91. They've morphed up to over 100 now monthly dues uh, in a major city in the Northeast. I, I was so happy to hear that. I, I was so proud of them. And a number of uh, my my franchise groups, Golds and Worlds and JCCs, uh, the Golds and Worlds, they're, they're not afraid to raise their prices because of that. Hey, you know, one guy said it best. He goes, I'm at 50% of where I was in my peak. And now opening, I have cleaning expenses. I've invested all this money in these air filtration systems. And, um, you know, I, I need, I need to, to I, I can't be afraid to, to, to increase the value of my offering and, and raise my prices. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear that because that race to the bottom uh, does, doesn't serve anyone well at all. Yeah, especially if you're delivering incremental services. I, back in the day, had groups say, oh, I'm going to go deploy the Planet Fitness model. Well, if you're going to deploy their pricing model, you better also deploy their cost model or (laughs) else you're not going to make any money. Uh, You better make sure you got a lot of parking spots. Um, You know, one of the things that I believe is going to happen over the next couple of years as you get your Amazon or your your news feeds or what have you – people aren't going to be traveling internationally as much just given the COVID outbreaks around the world. So I do feel like there is going to be this uh, staycation, if you will, that's going to at least be a couple of years worth. And I believe that the bigger box clubs and the YMCA's and the JCC's are going to benefit from people saying, Hey, look, we're not going on this ski trip or we're not going on this safari or you know, torn around Southeast Asia for the next couple of years. And I feel like they're going to default back to the, the clubs and a, and a place that's safe and convenient. What, what are your thoughts on some of the big boxes that you work with and the YMCA's and the JCC's, you know, trying to market themselves to families as that real third place versus, um, you know, looking at themselves just as I'm a community center, whatever you want to do here, you could do here, but maybe, be a little more proactive about this is why you should come here. This is what I can serve for your family and have the use of the square footage to actually be an asset instead of liability. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's awesome. I think what comes to mind, Pete, is facilities now have to change the narrative. We're not a health club anymore. It's not about, you know, butts and abs and, and chest and back. You know, it's about wellness. It's about mental health. It's about all these things. So the clubs have to have to morph into that, be that wellness hub in their community. I, I really love that term. And the other thing is, I think that 
uh, I, I like that comment that you just mentioned about, you know, members, uh, you know, be, you know, that staycation. I think people are starved for, for socialization and miss their friends. That was the best part of my, you know, my road trip last week was it was just good to see my fitness friends. And, you know, we talked, we had vaccines. I had both of my vaccines and they did too. It was, I couldn't help but shake hands and hug. I haven't done it in 14 months, you know, so it felt really great. But I think that um, uh, that that wellness hub concept and being that, that that's, you know, fill that socialization, uh, you know, the JCCs have done it very, very well. Uh, you know, that's one of, my, one of my accounts that I handle. You know, I, I do national accounts uh, for Precor. So I, I only have seven customers that I deal with, seven large groups. And so, uh, again, watching how each of these segments or categories have adapted to this uh, has been very, very interesting. Everyone has raised their prices. Everyone has adjusted, pivoted to uh, technology adherence. Everyone is looking at things that are profitable and things that are not profitable. Um, you know, they're putting those aside and not going to do that. So I think, uh, I think that you know, clubs be in that role more than just hey, you know, work out there two or three days a week or catch a good exercise class. I think uh, it's going to be more of that fabric because it's trusted, it's controlled. It's not like going to Lowe's or Home Depot, right? You got a safe environment. It's a member organization. You have uh, contact tracing in, in play. You got amazing uh, cleanliness standards. Uh, so, I mean, I feel I felt perfectly safe in every club, and I had a chance to work out in three different uh, intervals too. And it, it, our industry has done a really good job at responding to this. Yeah, without going too deep into the the, the Peloton pre-core, um, you know, transaction, I feel like that was the tipping point for clubs to basically say, Hey, instead of me thinking that anything digital or anything that's in somebody's house is uh, competitive, it's actually collaborative. And, and if I could get someone to reach their results, as long as they continue to stay a member, I benefit because they talk about the physical and the mental change that they have. And if I could give someone a blueprint or a prescription that says, Hey, you got a Peloton bike. That's awesome. Actually, I want you to have a Peloton bike and I want you to do two or three classes on Peloton a week. I want you to take these two or three group exercise classes and I want you to take this one meditation class or I want you to come into the workout recovery room. So as you start started going around and talking to people in person, do they view the pre-core Peloton relationship? Do they fully understand how good it could be for them? You know, I, I think it's 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 a little mixed. First of all, I'm, I was so stunned at the news back in December when I heard it, and uh, I was so excited uh, for it. I, I was like, "Holy mackerel, boy! That's a, that's the biggest thing to happen into commercial uh, equipment industry in a long time." And and I do believe that uh, you know the, the the cultures of the two companies will will, will match and blend very very well. Um, but as for the customer, you know, I I um have one, two, three, four, five goals gyms and world gyms that have the Peloton bikes in their facilities, okay? They bought them themselves, had nothing to do. You know, and this is going back in the last, you know, two years ago, they had it a year and a half ago. And again, it was member-driven. Members wanted to have that right. opportunity. And uh, so I think that's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I was at a club in New York that had seven of them. 
Okay. And they, and the members just use their own account to get in and they do it when they want, you know, where, where they want it. So, you know, I mean, you gotta, you know, listen to the customers and help them. So I think it's here to stay, you know, we've all seen Pelotons in hotels, right? I mean, I mean, I don't know how many brands uh, have put it in over time. Uh, you know, I, I handle the Omni hotel account, which is great. And they mm -hmm. put two in every facility. So guess what? It's happening. It's happening in a lot of different categories, not just health clubs. But I do believe uh, that, you know, the, the attitude of saying, oh, my God, uh, you know, this, you know, wh whether you use a Peloton, an Echelon or a Mirror, uh, I'm going to lose a member. That's not the case. It is not the case. I mean, I, I worked for Stairmaster for 14 years. We sold tons of product in the in the home. And that was just that supplement. So maybe they won't go to the health club to do their cardio. Maybe they'll do that one day a week, but they'll do strength. They'll do that yoga class. They'll do, you know, the stretching uh, situation or have a one-on-one -on -one appointment. So I, I think it's it's here to stay and they just got to make the jump and accept it. Technology is not going away. Connected fitness is not going away. It's going to enhance that experience for the member, my, my personal opinion. Yeah, one of the key takeaways that I have from uh, the pandemic, and I, I have zero data to back this up, it just, just intuition. I think with all of the people working out from home and actually taking some of these group exercise classes through Zoom took away a lot of the intimidation of, wow, I could actually do this class. And and somebody physically going into a health club and then you saying, hey, why don't you go try this body pump class? Like, okay, not not yet. Like, I'm not I'm not good with that yet. Or I'm not going to do a Les Mills class. I'm, you know, I don't know if I could make it through the class. So I feel like there may be an additional amount of the population that will walk into a health club over the next several months that are completely new to the bricks and mortar. Cause they've said, you know what, I've done this. It's not intimidating. It's kind of like, you know, test driving a car, right. Or like doing like a, um, you know, a 30 day free trial on whatever it is online. So are, are you seeing any data to support that or sentiment to support that or any of your clients this is like a this is like a this is kind of like a run-on sentence, Sal. So just stay with me. Take notes. Point is, have you have do you have any evidence to say, hey, wow, these people are saying that they're signing up new members that have never been part of a health club? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, one thing that was resounding. Uh, a message that that was my takeaway from last week is everyone's new member sales have been extraordinarily good, and a tremendous amount of what, what I referred to. I heard it on a webinar last year. Orphan members, they were members of a health club that club shut down. They need a new spot, or they've never been a member in that community. And and I think you're spot on with your observation about people trying. Uh, you know, uh, things, uh, you know, virtual uh, exercise experience. And after doing it for a few months, uh, you know, you, you, you want to, like anything, you want to advance. It's just like when you start a running or a walking routine, you do a mile and you do a mile and a quarter, half a mile, you know, and I think having that experience at home will make it less intimidating to go to that commercial facility. And I think, you know, I remember the first time I took a group exercise class, it was a long time ago, but uh, you know, a guy going into a group exercise class back then, that was like, holy mackerel. But uh, so I think that that uh, exposure prior to going there will lessen that intimidation factor. So I've not heard of any statistics about it, but that's a great observation. And I will keep my uh, my eye on that one. That's that's a really, really, it's a really valid point you're making. I think I took I took one group, this is probably 20 years ago. I took a one group exercise class, uh, 45 minutes in a Gold's Gym. I think I was in Delaware for some reason. 
Um, and then I left the class. I, I was spent. And then all the women went to the to the water fountain and went into the class right after that. And I was like, oh, wow, this, this, is, this is like the real deal. These people uh, are, are committed in much better shape than I was. At the time. I, I remember I remember my first body pump class. There was a gal next to me. Right. And she was she was older than I was. And she kicked my butt with the, she had more weights than I was doing. And and I just was spent with multi. I didn't do you know 50 repetitions. And she it was great. Uh, it was a good experience, good humbling experience. But yeah, you know, no doubt. Cool. So, you know, as you look at the future of the industry and you see the technology changing quickly, you see a lot of the data analytics, some of the lead generation tools, how important do you think it is or beneficial uh, to be part of a large franchisor and have a franchisor franchisee relationship versus some of the clubs that you've worked with that, you know, have great physical facilities, but they just don't have enough resources. It's not their fault. It's just reality. Yeah, no, I, I think that's an interesting observation, Pete. You know, this is a tough economy. It's a tough business. I mean, we've all, hey, I learned a lot for the, from the Halo Academy. I finally know what a real estate in, in investment trust is. And so many of my customers that couldn't that the landlords, you know, didn't negotiate with them was because of that situation. So I, I think that, you know, what it's tough out there. Why do it alone? Okay, so your 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 statement about being part of a of a franchise group or another club organization, I'm seeing people, you know, close up shop because they've um, you know they own the building and they've decided to, enough's enough. I've been doing it for 30 years. I'm going to cash in my real estate. Great. And then there's guys that have survived, and I want to go. But boy, where do I start? And I just think that's that's a great observation. And and let's be realistic. The, the adjustments and the excitement of what's happening now in the business. I'm more bullish on the industry than I think I've, I, I, I was because anyone that survived this, you know, they're here to stay, okay? And then all the things that have happened in terms of adaptation of technology, adjustment, all these support uh, businesses that are out there from lead generation to technology. You know, the other thing that I heard over 20, uh, most of the people that I talked to, 20 to 25% of their memberships were done online. It used to be four to six percent. So right. again, that's uh, that's a pandemic issue. So I I, I think that's uh, that that makes sense and it's worth investigating. It really is. Yeah, I think some of the um, some of the clubs that I've spoken to in the past about, you know, do I really want to go and and become a franchisee of a a planet, a crunch of gold? They they come back and they say, oh, I got to pay five or six percent of my revenue. Right, that's like the first, you know, traditional economic response. And then you say, okay, well. How much revenue do you have? You got $2 million of revenue in this location. So you're going to pay 5%. You're going to pay a hundred grand. You're basically renting a $10 million corporate overhead right. from a franchisor. Like, I mean, right. think about it that way. And then you're basically renting a CFO, a CTO, a CMO, somebody who's like tinkering with the digital that you don't have to, you can't buy it. You, you can't have these people on staff, especially in the environment of getting the talent of that level to, to make change, let somebody else pay, you know, for the CMO um, and, and be on the uh, upswing of data analytics and, and so on and so forth. So I, I hope there's a push towards that. And I'm sure from your standpoint, um, the more consistency you can have and the more growth and the unit economics work, then people are going to build more locations and private equity gets involved and so on and so forth. I'm not sure if that's a question, but feel free to comment or answer. 
Yeah, no. I, I mean, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, if, if I look at the JCC Association being part of that during this whole pandemic, if you were a standalone JCC and you didn't have that support, I mean, you were in trouble. OK. And, uh, you know, look at Golds. And we all remember Adam Zaitsev. You know, he was he was really out in front of this thing early on, the CEO of Gold's Gym. He did a lot of great things. Um, you know, um, Stephen Alfano from uh, Retro Fitness, he's done very, very well in terms of, of picking things up. So I think that it's really important to, to, to at least consider being part of something bigger and, uh, and have that support. Um, you know, when I think of the Gold's Gym, the Gold's Gym Franchise Association, uh, they've all helped each other. They're on webinars, calls, support. So again, uh, it's uh, it makes a lot of sense. And I like the way you framed it. You're running a CMO, a CIO and all that. And uh, certainly, uh, certainly worth the consideration and the investment. That's for sure. Yeah. So in closing here, you want to talk about, um, you know, if you had a crystal ball here a year from now, where, where, where's the industry, where are your clients? Um, you know, what, what, what are they going to be thinking about? Do you think, uh, Maybe there'll be more of a convergence with insurance companies saying, hey, I'll pay your full health club membership. It's way cheaper than me getting you in the hospital and, you know, having one visit, you know, is five times what I'm going to pay for your health club membership. Uh, obviously, COVID has been uh, resounding uh, uh, counter to uh, obesity, diabetes, and loneliness. Like We got to solve those three things before anything changes on the health care, you know, spending barometer. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I mean, I think uh, the, the because of COVID, a couple things happened. Safety, trust, cleanliness. Those are the three things that, that I think every member is going to have that at the top of mind. People have to have that deep knowledge of the customer, that, that communication, that transparency. And I think they got to change the narrative from a, a, a hard body to wellness, and I think the vocabulary has to change. And and you know we we have a number of facilities that have gone down this path. I mean, I have a hospital wellness group in New Jersey that have been they've been down this road for a long time, where they do exercise prescription uh, as as a workout. You know, the doctors in their in their organization are prescribing exercise, um, and then having um, you know uh, dietitians that are on staff. So I think all these things uh, make a tremendous amount of sense. I'm bullish on the industry. If you survive this, you're going to do good things. Um, and I think uh, people are starved for socialization, that wellness hub, uh, people want to get back. And I think you just have to change, adjust, and focus on the trends that are going on now. Online training, wearable, you know, body weight training, outdoor fitness, all these things. Uh, you know, As long as you incorporate those things, adapt to the change, and offer an amazing experience, a safe experience, I think you're going to do very well. So no, I, I'm sensing that we'll, you know, the second half of this year is very busy. My, if my pipeline is good, that's, that's a good kind of precursor of what's happening. Right. People are spending money. People are reinvesting. The other thing we didn't talk about is, uh, is the real estate deals that are out there right now. I mean, sure. I have people getting six months free rent, six months half rent, 600,000 in uh, tenant improvement dollars. I mean, we never heard of these things, right? But so I, I think with with all the with all the turmoil, there is going to be some great opportunity for those who are uh, who, who are, are uh, a little gutsy to do that. You know, well, we had the pleasure of having uh, you and uh, and Sarah on uh, our, our two Halo Academy events. So thanks again for for joining and spreading the gospel there. We want to try and make sure we educate as many people as possible. 
and that turns into a higher probability. Nice. I like the halo pledge there. <laughs> Gallon took a screenshot of that for us. Um, but just educating people on the, the metrics, on the trends, so on and so forth, is really going to increase the probability that people can get financing and that they have the, uh, the guts and the uh, decision-making you know, parameters, if you will, to add more locations and affect more people. Um, so in closing here, you've got a, uh, any good quotes that you live by or uh, anything you want to share with us as a parting salism of wisdom before your next <laughs> Sunday uh, <laughs> um, YouTube video? Oh, you're funny. Uh, but here, you know, these are two things that came out of, of the last 12 months for me. Um, the sharing of our collective wisdom. Owners were willing to help other owners. In the past, they were always afraid to share their secret sauce. So I think that was the first thing that, that my big takeaway. And then another one, I like this. Be lean, be clean, and be seen. Don't hide in the office if you're leadership or if you're an owner or if you're a decision maker in a commercial facility. Don't be hiding. You got to be with your customers. Your staff has to see you. And you got to be very visible and you got to be very hands on. And you got to really focus on that, that incredible experience for the member. And I have to be, I think I'm working harder now than I've ever done. And, and it's, again, I, I know the, 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 uh, the, the situation that my clients are in, and I want, I want to do everything I can to help them uh, improve their situation and their survivability. So That's great. Well, we appreciate everything you've done for the industry. We uh, cherish our friendship with you as well. And uh, as, as a plug to any uh, health club operators or fitness studio operators or franchisors out there, uh, if you'd like to see someone who's lean and mean and wants to be seen, have Sal come to your club. I'm sure he's available uh, to get on his Road Warrior world tour. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. All you right. are great. I appreciate see you. you and Dave. Thank you, sir. Take All care. right, guy. Have a good Bye -bye. week. Yep. You care. I want to thank my friends at Burn, B-R-R-R-N for sponsoring this podcast. They are the innovative company behind the world-renowned burn board. Many of you don't know, I was one of the top roller hockey players in all of Nassau County back in 1988 to 1990. If I had a burn board, watch out. I would probably be an NHL legend. Got a seven-day free trial on their on-demand library of hundreds of workouts. $30 off the purchase. Check it out at shop.theburn.com. We'll have it in the show notes. Use the checkout code HALO and go burn it on the burn board. Ice hockey in your living room at home fitness. Low cost, low tech, low impact. Go HALO, burn it up.